What are good ways to tackle debt without claiming bankruptcy? Given the dynamic nature of business, is a business plan necessary? How does building a business with the goal of being acquired differ from building a business you intend to own and operate? Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Dylan's podcast and questions entrepreneurs ask. My name is Dylan Gallagher. This is my podcast. This is where I explore a whole bunch of different things about business um, based on my experience, based on my history of working with entrepreneurs for a couple of decades and uh, being in the foxhole with them. And this is an opportunity for me to share what I've learned and hopefully it inspires you to do something in your business or maybe puts a stone in your shoe and annoys you to the point where you want to maybe take one of these topics or one of these questions and explore it further in your own business. But either way, my hope is that you find value out of this because being an entrepreneur is not only lonely, but it can be hard to find places where you can explore different ideas and different concepts. And so um, there's a lot of good material out on the internet, a lot of good stuff that um, uh, is put out by many people. And I try to bring just a little bit of a different twist. I try to make what I uh, present a little bit more tactile, something you can you can actually walk away and, and immediately put to, put to use. And um, and on topics that are, are maybe, you know, they don't fit squarely in a box of sales or marketing or social networking or anything like that. They have more to do with kind of the basics of running a business. So thanks for tuning in. I am appreciating uh, some of the notes that are coming back. We've got a bit of a Google campaign going right now. And so uh, my inbox continues to fill with interesting businesses that are either in trouble or are looking for some advice. And so, uh, again, this podcast is a way for me to uh, expand upon some of those things that I'm discovering and hopefully provide guidance to those entrepreneurs out there that might be looking for it. So let's get to the first question. What are good ways to tackle debt without claiming bankruptcy? And if you've never heard this podcast before, these questions um, are not, um, I don't study them before the podcast. I actually try to answer them in real time um, so that I can bring kind of my freshest thoughts and ideas forward because they say that when you answer a question, your first response is usually the most honest and best response. And so that's what I'm trying to do here. And uh, that does mean that sometimes I listen to the podcast afterwards and I have more thoughts and more ideas that I should have shared. But um, this is an example. This particular question is an example that... um, uh, of a question where I've answered it many, many times, and so I've got a pretty good working knowledge of it, um, and hopefully you find this helpful. So what are good ways to tackle debt without claiming bankruptcy? So if your business is claiming bankruptcy, uh, to me that really means there's just no hope whatsoever that your business is going to make it. It can't pay off its bills, it can't uh, take care of its responsibilities, it's feeling the pressure from bankers or investors or partners or anyone else, employees, anyone else that might be involved. And so bankruptcy tends to be kind of the only way that business owners or entrepreneurs uh, can deal with the problem that they're having. But there are actually a lot of different mechanisms outside of bankruptcy that you can take advantage of if you need to save your business. And I might 
um, I might defer you to some of the other podcasts where I have spoken about that in, uh, specifically, such as um, a proposal that you make to creditors or a notice of intention to file a proposal. So there's lots of different mechanisms, but this question in particular is dealing with what are good ways to tackle debt without claiming bankruptcy? So if you're claiming bankruptcy, it's because you think your business might not make it. But if you think your business has a chance of making it, maybe you've discovered that, okay, we were just doing things wrong or we just had a problem. Or kind of the classic line is, you know, we had people working in our business that weren't very smart and we trusted them and they did a bad job. Well, again, I don't have a lot of sympathy for you if you're an entrepreneur because your job is to manage those people and to get the results that you're looking for. And so simply deferring to people because they appear to be smart is not always the smartest option. But nonetheless, if you think your business can make it and you have figured out why it's in this position in the first place. And again, I've talked about that at length as well in other podcasts. So um, assuming that you have done all the things that I've mentioned before or have considered some of those things, then how you tackle debt, the best way to tackle debt is literally to get on the phone and talk to your creditors. If you can't get on the phone and talk to your creditors, then you send them an email. If you can't talk to them, you can't email them, then get your lawyer to send them a letter. And in essence, what you're trying to say to them is, this is where we were, this is where we are. The difference between where we were and where we are is these things. We changed our pricing, we changed our business, we got rid of people, we trimmed our overhead, we discovered we had actually new products and services that we could sell that have better margins on them and, and better cash flow. You put your scenario together, you get it out in front of your creditors, and then you simply have a conversation with them. Because the truth is that no creditor wants to write off their debt. Whether it's a bank or an investor or a partner, nobody puts money to work with the expectation of saying, you know what, I'm just going to write it off. They want to see it work. And oftentimes, they will, when they realize that you're up against the wall, it means they are up against the wall, and they might be looking at a write-off that they're not particularly interested in. And so if you're able to give them the story. If you're able to share with them why you're in the why you found yourself in the position you are in, what you have discovered since getting into that position and then what a reasonable plan is going forward, then a lot of times what you're going to find is that your creditors will give you some runway. They'll say no problem, what is your ask of us? In some cases you might say my ask is that you give us a couple of months with no payments and let us catch you up at the end of those months. But in the meantime, we're going to report to you every week on the things that you need to know so that you can be confident that deferring our payments to you was a good idea. The other thing that you do is you just simply say to them, we're going to keep making our payments, but we're only going to make half payments or we're going to make interest only payments or we are going to do fill in the blank, whatever it is you think that you are capable of doing to give you enough runway to be able to execute on your plan, that's the conversation that you need to have with your debt holders. So what are good ways to tackle debt without claiming bankruptcy is to just, first of all, get in front of it. Don't wait for the debt to be a problem for you. If you know that your business is struggling, then get in front of your creditor sooner rather than later. But if you miss that intersection and you you know that your creditors are breathing down your neck and you kind of feel like bankruptcy is your only option, then the next best thing you can do is stay up all night, stay up as late as you need to, work as hard as is necessary, find other people to help you, but put a narrative together or put a story together that helps your creditors understand where you were, where you're going, and why what you need from them 
in order to make them whole. And in some cases, you might just ask them, say, look, can we can we write off 50% of the debt? You know, 50% is better than nothing, or 75%, or whatever the, you think the math is. But have a conversation, have a story, have a narrative, and then more importantly than that, make sure that your math works and that you have a mechanism to report back to them as you go because part of them deferring legal action or taking the next set of steps that they have to take um, uh, is based on the absence of a plan or how well you are able to articulate what you think your strategy is. So hopefully that gives you a little uh, something to think about. If you've got debt, you think claiming bankruptcy is your only option and you want other options. Moving on to the second question. Given the dynamic nature of business, is a business plan necessary? You know, what's interesting about this question as I think about it is I tend to work with businesses that are in trouble. So our quote-unquote plan is to get out of trouble, is to deal with the balance sheet issues that we're having, be it uh, the government, be it lenders, be it other creditors. So our plan is always to make them whole. And then from there, then it turns into kind of a more well-thought-out business plan that includes, you know, uh, achieving certain revenue, achieving certain certain market penetration, et cetera. But the question is, given the dynamic nature of business, is a business plan necessary? And what I find interesting about this is, even if you don't officially have a plan, you still have a plan. What I mean by that is, if you're an entrepreneur running a business right now, and you don't have a formal plan that is sitting... Um, sitting on a shelf somewhere or sitting on your desk, then that by virtue, by virtue of that, that is your plan. Your plan is to say, we don't really have a plan other than we're hoping we can pay our bills and that there's a little bit of money left over at the end of the year. And that, believe it or not, like that's a plan. So is a business plan necessary? And I'm guessing that this is maybe something a little bit more structured. And I would say that the answer is, yeah, a business plan is always necessary because um, you're never going to get to where you want to go if you don't have a plan because then you have nothing to measure your progress by. And so I'm not sure that for small and medium-sized businesses, I'm an advocate of a really detailed, exhaustive plan because the dynamic nature of business is such that that plan is usually only good for the day that you wrote it, and it tends not to deal with some of the things that you're going to discover as your business is, is growing and succeeding. The people you thought you needed today are not going to be the people that are going to be there three months from now or six months from now or a year from now. So your business plan has to be um, fluid enough that it can accommodate where you're going. Some of the things that I like to see in a business plan for a small and medium-sized business is revenue targets. I think it is important to be able to say, here's the amount of revenue we want to go after. If you're able to put that on the board, then you should be able to say, in order for us to achieve that kind of revenue, these are the people that we're going to need in our organization to achieve that. And either the people we have now are, are good enough to do it, or we are going to have to make some changes to our team. And that is kind of the extent of the plan. If you, can, if you can put those two pieces together, it deals with the most important part of your business, which is the people, and then it deals with the most important measurement in your business, which is revenue and ultimately profit. So as you work through your revenue and you figure out the people you need, you're going to be forced to say, okay, if that's the revenue we want and those are the people that we need, then this is the kind of profit we're going to have to generate. And if we want a profit margin, we're going to have to add it on top of that. And then we're going to have to manage our costs accordingly. So I think that a business plan is necessary. And even if you don't have one, that is 
your plan. And so I would encourage you to put together more of an executive summary. Um, an executive summary would be maybe a, a couple of pages at most. It would have some financial benchmarks on it. It would have an organization chart on it, uh, uh, as well as the associated cost of that organizational chart. And then it would have a budget of what your operating costs are. What is it, you know, what is rent, insurance, electricity, marketing costs, et cetera. And then that's kind of your basic plan. And then what you should be doing at the end of every month um, or on a, on a regular basis is you should be reviewing your plan and seeing how well you're doing. And just to do that for most small and medium-sized businesses is a huge task because you have to have your math, which means your books have to be right, and uh, you kind of have to have a pretty good sense of where your business um, operationally is at, and so that means you kind of got to have a pretty solid management system that's running your business outside of your financial system. So um, is a business plan necessary? Yep. Given the dynamic nature of business, is a business plan necessary? Yep. But your business plan should be fluid, and you should be able to adjust very quickly what it is that you uh, are trying to achieve. So keep it keep it simple. Here's the revenue we need. Here are the people we need to generate that revenue. If that's true, then here is our cost for the people. Here's our cost for the business. Therefore, here's kind of what our business is going to produce in the next one, two, or three years. So hopefully that gives you uh, something to think about if you're wondering about the consequences of having or not having a business plan. The last question on today's episode of Questions Entrepreneurs Ask is, how does building a business with the intent of being acquired differ from building a business you intend to own and operate? And there's probably a lot I could say here, but I'm going to, try to, going to try to condense it and keep it fairly simple. If you're building a business and the goal is to be acquired, you're going to, you're going to sell to your competitors, maybe you're going to go public, maybe you're going to sell to management even, then... Because that's your goal, then what you're trying to do is optimize the business for profitability. So what that means is you hire the best people you can find for the job roles and tasks that you have, that each of them are being graded and managed and managed uh, in such a way that there's kind of a direct connection between the work they're doing and the financial results. And so you really try to build a highly, highly finely tuned machine that anybody could look at without understanding your specific product or service, but they could look at your business, they could look at your financial statements, they could look at your organization chart, and they could go, we get it, we understand this business, and it looks like a lot of other businesses in the marketplace, and therefore we will give you X amount of dollars for it. So when you are building a business with the goal of being acquired, it's much more of a professional management exercise. It means you try to make the business the best it can, can be. You need to know your marketplace, you need to know your margins, you need to know your customer profiles, you need to know what your growth strategy is, you need to know how you're going to scale, you need to know the different points of trajectory that your business is anticipated to hit, and you run it like that. And then at any time, uh, someone who's interested in acquiring your business can, by conventional standards, look at everything in your business and understand it and then position, obviously position um, an offer accordingly. However, if you're building a business and you intend to own and operate it, well, then the decision to finely tune it isn't as important as making sure that the culture of your business 
the satisfaction that you get from you personally as the entrepreneur, the personal satisfaction you get from your business, the livelihood that you get from it, those things take a front seat to the professional management aspect um, that you would undertake if you were looking to be acquired. So your business is going to look and feel more like you as the entrepreneur and the team that you've surrounded yourself with and the culture that you've built, and then you manage the business accordingly. And so people that don't fit the culture don't stay. Um, if you think that you're, and you, because you're, you will have a different type of relationship with your customers, your business is probably going to be successful based on the personality of you, the entrepreneur, instead of the brand that the company might have. And so you're going to have a different relationship with your customers. You might not be so eager to maximize profitability, and you might be more eager to make sure that your customers are satisfied and that they're going to keep coming back to you for a really long time. And you're not so concerned with upsell and cross-sell and retention and those sorts of things as you are making sure that your customers are satisfied, happy, having a great experience, that you have some measure of a personal relationship with them so that every day when you come into work, you enjoy it. When your team comes into work, they enjoy what they're doing. And the job um, carries um, a, a different uh, uh, measurement with it. Uh, satisfaction and fulfillment become the bar instead of financial optimization and organizational perfection, if you will. Um, so neither one is right or wrong, but certainly, 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 you will not run your business the same way if you're looking for it to be acquired versus if you want to own and operate it till, until you can no longer do that. And I look at it as uh, one becomes uh, an exercise in optimization for financial success and results according to the traditional benchmarks that um, are available in the marketplace versus building a culture and a team of people that you hope to spend most of your life with every single day and customers that are going to be a part of your life as well. So very, very different and the decisions that you make are going to be different and the investments that you make are going to be different as well. So that's it. That's all I've got today. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of Dylan's podcast and questions that entrepreneurs ask. I hope that there was something in here that you found interesting um, or frustrating or you're not really sure and you're going to ponder it as you as you press stop on this podcast. If you get a chance, please make sure to share it or rate it because then it finds its way um, somewhere in the interwebs in, and it gets in front of other entrepreneurs that could benefit from some of the things that have been discussed here today. So again, thanks for tuning in and I look forward to catching you on the next episode.